親父消えたんだよ絶対見つけるから Welcome to a brand new episode of Exploit It. I'm Alexis Strowski. I'm Kevin Daly, not spying on rapists. <laughs> I hope not. And this week we're talking about Ichi the Killer from 2001, directed by Takashi Miike. We missed Little Rita. That recording got lost. My favorite movie ever, and I lost the recording. It I hit the wrong output. Ah, uh, so sad, because it was a good one, too. It was great. That... It was like a good thing to prep us for Ichi the Killer. Yeah, which I'll just say now, I I think I liked this movie, but also, also. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, that's my favorite movie. Like, is it? I mean, it 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 is an interesting film. So, it's adapted from a manga of the same name. Yep. It was originally shot on 16mm. We watched this, like, upscaled to HD for 35mm prints. And it looked kind of weird. Yeah. Like it was upscaled 4K from 35 mil. Yeah. So it opens just really rapid shots of stuff. It feels like we're watching Tetsuo Iron Man. It's like (laughs) really just like a lot of quick things. Not clear what's happening before we finally settle on these dudes that are like bodyguards gambling. I kind of like these like quick cuts. Uh, But then again, I like this, this sort of that sort of style. You like trippy stuff. Yeah, I do. And these guys are bodyguards for the boss. Um, yep. he, he has a name. Anjo is his name. But everyone calls him the boss. The boss. And one of the security guards is like, shouldn't we guard the hallway? What? While he's fucking a girl? Nah, we just hang out here. And then we get, uh, suddenly some odd opening credits that are on, like, bicycle gears, I think. I don't know what it, they are. Yeah. I don't exactly either. I think you're right. I think they're on bicycle gears. But it's not the title. The title comes later. Yeah. Because well, we, he rides the bike around, so it makes sense. We get Ichi hanging out watching a rape. Cause there's not a, just watching. No, oh, not just watching. He's masturbating to this. And this guy is just beating the hell out of this woman. It's like we're just starting straight with the end of uh, Showgirls again. It's like, Jesus Christ. I know, it's like... Fish, what did you rope me into this time? Yeah, and then... this That's a motif for this movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, it's a, actually a pretty big, well, moment. Kind of a Manchurian <laughs> candidate moment. Yeah, the Rapturian candidate. The Rapturian candidate. So it actually is relevant to the plot of this movie. It's not just for yeah, it's not, shock value. It's not as exploitive as it is in other films. Right, because it actually does matter. But he uh, he watches this this horrible, violent rape. Well, he he has like flashes of schoolgirl. Yeah. And then he he makes a noise. Is what my note says. But we know what that noise is. Yeah. As he uh, shoots his load on a plant. And it just trips off the plant, and, and the t- I have, we have the uh, honor. Yes, we'll use that of seeing it drip off the plant. Because and, and then pulling at the bottom because the title rises out of the the semen. And this is the kind of movie this is going to be. Yeah. But anyway, we get some guys that are like, okay, Ichi's gonna go kill this guy, all we do is clean up after him. And they go in and there is just gore everywhere. 
like Jesus, you, did you have to make that much of a mess? Yeah, that's how they are. They're just like, and they're slipping around on all the blood. But it's the the boss that they killed, the boss Anjo that Ichi has totally horribly murdered him and his girlfriend. But these guys He's, clean yeah, it up. Decimated. They clean it up so all the other mobsters are like, oh, I guess Anjo ran away or what? Yeah, those guys do good work if they can get all of that out in a matter of hours. Or if they can be sober, because we find out the other one's just a horrible heroin addict. Oh, yeah, massive junkie. And um, we get, well, my first note calls him Blondie, because I didn't get his name, Kakihara. Kakihara, yeah. He is weird looking. He's a weird character. He's got... Incidentally, one of the more likable characters in this movie, somehow. He's got piercings galore. The guy's a sadomasochist. He's got cuts in his cheeks. That when he's smoking, the, the smoke comes out of his slashed open cheeks. More, more sadist than masochist. Yeah, pain is his thing. Yeah, he loves, he loves, he does love dishing out some pain, but he likes receiving it more. And so the, uh, the whole Yakuza is here in, the, in this <laughs> yeah. little apartment. And they bring in, like, the head guy who's just this old man stumbling around. He's like Grandpa from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's, yeah. But he's like the head of all crime in Japan, apparently. Somehow. And so they he must have been a badass in his day. Yeah. They assume that Anjo took the money and left, but, you know, they got to track him down. He took three million yen, which I'm sure you did the, uh... I actually didn't. Oh. Three million yen would have been, what's that, about 30 grand? Let's see. So today it would have been twenty seven thousand twenty two thousand seven hundred and twenty one dollars. Huh. It's a good money amount of money. But twenty two thousand. When did this movie come out? Two thousand one. Let's see. Account for inflation. Yeah, about thirty eight thousand dollars. Alright. So while they're doing that, we get well my note says random guy, but I later learned his name's Juji. Yeah. He comes home to find Ichi playing his favorite game, or rather, Tekken. not playing Tekken. Yeah. yeah, he is passed out in front of Tekken, and I just this guy's name literally is just old man, right? Like it translates into old man. Oh, I have old man up until like later. I only got Juji from Wikipedia. I think that translates into old man, huh? Because I think in the subtitle it said that in like parentheses when Kakahara calls him that. Yeah, and. So he doesn't actually have a name, just referred to as old. Which makes sense, because his character is like a horrible sociopath version of Clint Eastwood's nameless character in Fistful of Dollars. Yep. Because this guy, as we find out, his goal is just to play all of the Yakuza gangs against each other for shits and giggles. Yeah, he's the master manipulator, though we don't really know that until about two-thirds of the way through the movie. Yeah, only he's yeah. completely evil about it. Yeah, there's no... He, you never get an explanation about why he's doing this. And his methods are way worse than Clint Eastwood's. And way worse than what most of the Yakuza are doing, yeah. frankly. But then we go to this Yakuza diner, I guess it is. Because it's a diner that's just all Yakuza people. And you get this girl named Karen who... She talks in and out of English and Japanese... Like kind of an sentence. In- yeah, that was kind of interesting. Is that something that that happens normally in Japan? I don't. Really I know. don't know. But sometimes she'll translate the English words. 
like she'll say a sentence in English and then she'll translate it in Japanese for whoever she's talking to. My understanding that she's a Chinese immigrant to Japan. And prostitute. And, yeah. Yeah, but she was also the boss's woman. But I don't know if that meant girlfriend or property. Yeah. Yes. And she tells the Yakuza, probably yes, is the answer to that (laughs) question. So she tells a story about she had a dog once when she was in elementary school, and the neighbor made fun of her dog, so she she prayed real hard for something bad to happen to the neighbor, and his dog died. And the guy's like, oh, wow, your your prayers did that? She goes, no, I strangled his dog with a jump rope. And (laughs) so you learn very on she's pretty hard herself. Yep, Kakihara comes in. Apparently he's kind of uh, stepping up and accepting responsibilities with the boss out of the way. Yeah, he's kind of, he's de facto leading now that, that he's gone. And Juji is hanging out with, uh, I don't know, cannot remember the guy's name, but he's just shooting up heroin. Heroin guy is what my notes say. Junkie. What was the junkie's name? I can't remember. I did. I mean, I could look it up. Because, <laughs> you know, the internet. Uh, I can't remember. But. You can keep going. I'll, I'll But old guy. Goes up to Kakihara and starts spreading gossip, you know, playing these gangs. He's like, well, I hear that Suzuki has been mad, bad-mouthing you and calling you gay, saying you and the boss were gay. Kano. Kano is... Kano! That's right. But anyway, Juji starts putting a seed in Kakihara's ear to, like, Suzuki might have done something to Anjo, because he's talking shit about you now. So, Kakihara goes and kidnaps Suzuki... And let's and buy some shrimp. He buys shrimp on the way. That's actually important. Yeah, he he tells hey he tells Gigi, hey how about you buy some shrimp for me? Yeah, because now we see Suzuki is suspended from the ceiling by hooks in front of like a whole audience while Kakihara is making tempura shrimp. Yeah, and he pours hot oil over all over this dude. I was gonna say it's gonna be talk. It's gonna be a, a tempura long pig soon. I know, and everyone is shocked by this. They're like, oh, dude, come on. I thought you were just going to hang him up here and poke him with a knife. You're just frying the fuck out of this poor man. And um, they're like, oh, well, well why did you think this guy did it? Because uh, the rest of the cues is like, why do you think Suzuki did it? Well, the old guy. What old guy? Because Juji has vanished. Karkahara looks very amused by this fact. Does not look angry. Looks amused. Yep. To be fair, Kakahara is a, a, sadist, a sadomasochist, and he just, uh, he, he got to do some sadism. Yeah, he's probably just raging hard on right now. Yeah, he's like, eh, I'll deal with him later, right now. I'm feeling pretty good. So then we get Ichi at a sex club, and he's super, super nervous around this girl, who is the girl that was raped at the beginning. And her name is Sailor. I think I'm reading that right. Because, that is correct, yes. Yeah. When he, he, he says her name, it's also during the uh, schoolgirl flashback. So I'm like, wait, did he think the schoolgirl was a literal sailor? Oh, wait, no, it's <laughs> the name of this, this sex worker. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the sex worker. And she's all beat up and raped, and so she goes down on him. So he... Uh, offers to kill. He offers to, to kill the dude. And he, he follows through on this. He shows up at... Sailor's just being beat up and raped by her pimp again. Worst pimp ever, by the way. Because she only made 30,000 yen, so he's really mad about that. Yeah, but, okay. But kicking the shit out of and and raping your girl is not going to have her make any more money. Yeah, and her face is swollen. 
I mean, that's how they make their money, dude. Come on. Yeah. And so, this time, Ichi comes in, and we see Ichi's weapon, is he has blades on his on his shoes. And we also see his fucking costume. Yeah. He's wearing, like, this padded outfit with a big number one on the back. Getting, like, kick-ass vibes from this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing the kick-ass costume, and he comes in, and he, he makes the knives come out of his shoes, and he does this spin kick, and... Cuts this pimp right in half from the from head to crotch, and he just splits down the middle and falls, and there's just blood everywhere. And it's an interesting scene because it's like bad CGI, and then explosion into practical effects. Yeah, and I this is almost certainly intentional, like just to make it more surreal and weird. And I think it kind of cuts down on the shock of it. Yeah. Well, because this movie is supposed to be just an extremely dark comedy. Yeah, because some of the times when the gore isn't good, it takes you out of it, which you need that relief. Yeah. You, you need something to take you out of it, because there's so much I, rape in this movie. I, I think it's supposed to, yeah, I think it's supposed to kind of ease the, the pathos a little bit. And so um, he goes up to Sailor, and he's like, see, I killed him for you. Um, Then he says the most grossest thing. He's like, I'm gonna... This means I can beat you up now. Yeah, because he's completely unhinged. And she's like, you you, you want to beat me up? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, he's showing that he's like so hard doing this. And then she comes at him with a baseball bat and he defends himself and cuts her throat open. Yeah, just out of reaction. Meanwhile, there's a... Uh, the Yakuza members are wanting to kick Kakihara out for his treatment of Suzuki. And Kakihara's like, hey, tell you what though, I'll do the penance. I will cut off my tongue. Check it out. And he just does it. And he's, all, he's like, fine with this. And it's actually a good practical effect when he cuts off his tongue. Yeah. And he gives the tongue to Kaneko, one of the other Yakuza guys, who becomes important more later. Yeah. Um, and even he is like, oh, shit. This yeah. guy is insane. And the, the leader is just, like, about to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the leader is the grandpa from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Still wondering how this guy got his job. So, uh, let's see. Karen and Kakihara break into some heroin lady's house and break her hands before they track down Kano, who's begging duty for uh, for marijuana. Not marijuana. Heroin. Yeah, they literally bust into a heroin den that's super nice. It's like a modern opium den. Yeah. It's like, that's where I want to go. Shoot up. Jeez. Jesus. But they catch Kano, and they find that he has Anjo's money. Yeah. Which is weird, because, like, Chuchi didn't want to keep the money. He's just like, oh, sure, I'll give it to the heroin addict. Yeah, he can go buy himself some heroin. Because one of the things we know very clearly is, is I guess it's Gigi, according to my, my Gigi, thing. yeah. The, the thing with him is, he just does not care even about his, like, cohorts. He doesn't care about anybody. No. He just wants to watch these accuse of burn for fun. So they tie up Kano inside of a television, which is really weird looking. Yes. It's like a box with a TV and his head sticking into the TV as they interrogate him. And he is so just fiending. He's like, just give me heroin or kill me. I don't care. Um, yeah, that he, definitely sounds like a heroin addict <laughs> on pretty massive withdrawals because yeah, he's that's like, pretty much how it feels. <laughs> you can kill me. I just want to die. Just go ahead. Or or give me heroin. <laughs> and um, right. he's like, Ichi killed your boss. Who's Ichi? Uh, some guy. I don't know. Incidentally, how come so many of these movies I wa we watch have involve heroin addicts? It's an exploitive trope. Yeah, apparently, jeez. 
70 percent of the movies we watch although kano does point out something interesting about kakihara's character and i wrote down the whole line here of you were in love with anjo weren't you not as a queer or out of admiration you're turned on by the pain when he thrashes you you're so desperate to find him so he can hurt you again and yeah that's the yeah. truth yeah no one no one gave him his masochistic pleasure like his boss did apparently yeah and that's like a subplot for this character i'm trying to find a replacement and just being able to not able to do so and in I- fact it's in fact, at his very end, <laughs> he has a, yeah, well, we get there, but he has kind of an Alexander the Great moment. And Ichi right, is yeah. actually really weak-willed and pathetic. He cries, you know, he's not what you would picture from this master assassin. You know, so Well, he's, he's a psychologically broken Manchurian candidate, essentially. Yeah. Um, Kakihara gets kicked out of the Yakuza. And he I guess- really give a shit. That's- <laughs> They they just kick you out. They don't, like, kill you or anything. He just takes the rest of his gang with him, too. It's like, all right, we're all leaving. We got kicked out, guys. Go find a new clubhouse. But, um, one guy, it's like, oh, I want to, I don't know. And Kakihara just impales this guy's foot with this, like, metal spike. Oh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> Kakihara's weapon of choice of these, like, needles. He's these like... big, giant, like, they're like knitting needles. Yeah. But it impales this guy's foot, and they just leave it there, because they have this shot where they're walking, and it kind of looks like a clockwork orange. (laughs) Only one guy's limping, because he's got this big fucking needle in his foot. You get the feeling that he knows if he takes it out, he's getting the needle somewhere else that he doesn't want it. Yeah, probably. So Ichi is playing some Tekken, furiously playing Tekken, when Gigi comes home. And he's like, Ichi, Ichi, chill out. And he, like, turns the TV off, and Ichi's still playing Tekken. And then he's like, I had a dream about Miss Tachibana. Um, because Ichi's backstory, for now... For now, yeah. ...is that he was bullied in school, and this girl, Tachibana, tried to stick up for him, and the bullies raped her. And she cried out for Ichi to help while he just watched and got turned on by it. And he's really, really fucked up in the head from this. As you'd expect. Which, somebody that that had happened to, yes, they would be fucked up in the head. Like, some pretty girl tries to save you from bullies, and you just stood there and watched her get raped. That's It's pretty fucked up. Yep. And then Ichi's like, I wanted to rape her. She wanted it to be me that raped her. Gigi's like, Ichi, get your shit together. Take this medicine. Take these drugs. And he slaps some sense into him, and it's interesting, the dynamic here. Yeah. But let's see here. Uh, Kakihara t- t- tries to rip a man's face off, randomly. Oh yeah, so like, they go to the the bar again. Oh and yeah. And they're like, they're like, we don't want you here, and so he just literally knocks the dude on his, his ass and just starts trying to tear his face off. Karen shows up. And Karen's like, let me help you, and she grabs the other side of his face. And Kakihara realizes that she is also a sadomasochist. Yeah, he's very, very into this. And um, he's like, will you be my girl? And he takes her home to, to torture him. Like, he's tied up, and she's wearing the stuff and beating him. And he's like, do it harder. Do it harder. Do you know, focus on the pleasure of causing pain. Do it like she, you want to kill me. It's just not enough for him, though. It's not enough. He keeps chasing the dragon of his boss's pain and <laughs> his boss's beating. Like, <laughs> Tells her, yeah, yeah you're not the, the one for this. The boss was better than you. Yep. 
Meanwhile, Ichi sees a little kid getting bullied. And one of the reasons this kid's being bullied is that his dad was a cop who who lost his gun. And, you know, that's that's apparently reason enough to bully this kid. Well, his dad got kicked off the force for it. And I've seen that show up in other... I don't, I'm not... I don't have. A, I'm not a police, from a police family. I don't know much about it, but I've seen other games and media have this come up. But apparently, it's a pretty, dis, pretty, pretty disgraceful game to lose your gun. Yeah, it's a pretty disgraceful thing. The disgraceful thing. God, I can't speak. It happens in gun. Magnolia, P.T. Anderson film. Yeah, uh, Disco Elysium. It's a plot point at the beginning of the of the game that you've lost your gun and you're a laughing stock because of it. But. Ichi does eventually stand up and kicks one of these bullies, who's also a kid. Just, like, kicks him in the chest, and the kid's to be fair, on the ground crying. The kid's, like, pushing him, like, actually, like, trying to start something. Like, the kid, he's, like, twice your size. Well, because at first, you don't know him. really, really, like, meek and, you know, his usual pathetic crying self. So the kid's like, ooh, a big victim. Yeah, that's that's a bad idea. For uh, all you bullies out there, no, um, seriously, though, don't pick on somebody that you don't know who's bigger than you, because you never know if that guy's just going to snap and, you know, take a razor in his boot and cut you in half. So Ichi is being asked to kill all of Anjo's gang. They're, like, all in one room, just hanging out. And he's getting dressed, and he gets a phone call. And Ichi's like, I don't like killing. Please don't make me kill people. And the voice on the phone, Gigi... It's like, oh, but these people are bullies. Remember, like the bully that that raped that girl. Yeah, don't they look like the people that bullied you? Get revenge. You know, totally manipulates Ichi into doing this. Here I go, killing again. And he's just crying and sobbing, and he runs in there and just slaughters everybody. Blood is flying through the door. A whole like severed face hits the wall, and we watch it slide down. Yes, uh, you know, one of those mix weird mixes of bad CGI with. Like, practical effects. And, um, so Ichi, when he leaves, you know, and he's all sad, he happens to run into the kid he saved, who comforts him. It's like, thank you, I want to go learn karate now. And this little bullied kid, his dad, who got kicked off the force for losing his gun, is one of Kakihara's guys. Yeah, he's a hitman. Yeah, he's a hitman named Kaneko. A good one. Yeah, an expert marksman who happened to have lost his gun. They kind of make fun of him for that. And he's dedicated to taking down Ichi, because he cared for his boss that, that, you know, when the rest of society shit on him because he lost his gun, Anjo took him in. And so Anjo means a lot to him, so he really wants to go find and kill Ichi. He doesn't know that Ichi, who's being beat up by some, like, restaurant owner right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the, like, brothel runner. Yeah. They're kicking out Ichi, and they call him retarded. He's not <laughs> R word. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not not all there. And um, Kaneko, the the hitman, he takes pity on this this poor, sad, pathetic man, and he takes him out for some ramen. And it's like he's hallucinating his kid when he's talking to Ichi. Yeah, it's like I'm not, you know, I don't know how he's what's going on in his head. He's trying to calm down Ichi. He's like, don't be jittery. I'm not bullying you. I'm just buying you ramen. You know, I'm going out to get revenge on somebody right now. And so we get uh, Gigi manipulating Ichi to kill again. He's like, I want you to kill all these people now. And we get really just, it's laid out the whole Yojimbo thing that's going on here. Yeah. And 
you know, when Ichi's like, I don't want to kill, I don't want to kill, he, Gigi brings up that, that rape. It's like, you were weak, and you couldn't help her. Now you're strong enough to take down anyone, you can go get revenge on all the bullies. And then there's this weird dialogue here where Ichi's like, my dick is standing up. Well, why didn't you tell me? It's going to start to rot off. That's what you get for not following instructions. Take these tranquilizers. I think this is like a flashback. Yeah, he has a flashback. We see that flashback of the schoolgirl being raped several times. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on in this scene. I, I thought the scene when he's talking about the, the his dick rotting off, I thought that was a flashback of some early manipulation. No, it's this manipulation where he's giving him the envelopes with the faces. Um, Kakihara, meanwhile, his desire to meet Ichi isn't necessarily vengeance. He thinks Ichi is his perfect uh, sadist that will torture him perfectly. Yep. His his best friend, his worst enemy. Anybody ever played Final Fantasy fourteen with um, what's the character's name? Zeno. Huh. And the main character has this sort of similar relationship where it's like, this is the only guy good enough to fight me. He is both my greatest enemy and my best friend. You get that in a lot of mangas too. Yeah, Especially well, in this like game fighting for a man- manga. This is and this is based on a manga, so I think that's a trope that's maybe not uncommon. In Japanese media. So, Gigi is meeting with Karen, and they're playing some game. And Gigi just explains everything that's going on with Ichi. And he's like, you know, he's going through a rough patch right now. He could get it up, but he, he can't ejaculate. That's why I need your help, Karen. And he's like, Ichi has, you know, this is why he's crazy. He, he saw this rape and everything and was bullied. But the truth is, I made that all up and stuck it in his head through hypnotism. And yep. I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, apparently Ichi had killed his parents at a young age and has, like, selective amnesia and doesn't remember anything, and Gigi is literally Manchurian candidate. <laughs> Ichi is just doing his bidding. Yeah, and, um, that he just made all this up and just planted these memories in order to manipulate Ichi. And then Karen... Went, oh, go ahead. He went too far. He said he went too far with the rape thing, though, and now it's causing trouble. Yeah, that Ichi actually requires, uh, violent sex in order to be happy now that was he admits that was a mistake and so then karen has a a flashback of the schoolgirl being raped like it's her and she asks like whoa whoa are you putting me under hypnosis and there's this huge pause before Gigi goes no no of course not yep not at all because he's totally manipulating her. Manipulates everyone he interacts with. Yep, and so the gangsters have tracked down uh, Kakihara and his gang, a prostitute named Miu Miu, yep. and her pimp named Long. That These will lead them to Ichi. That's because Long is the third member of, well, fourth if you count Ichi, of that particular group. Yeah. Who is now down to three because they killed uh, Kano. Kano. But so they kidnap Mew Mew, is the girl's name, and they rape her real quick, and then they take her back to Kakihara and cut off her nipples. We get, uh, they go full fucking Emmanuel America on us, and I'm like, God fucking damn it. And they torture the hell out of her. God, it's just brutal. And Kakihara's got these two guys with him that are like, they're apparently corrupt cops that are in his Yeah, they're game. corrupt police detectives. A pair of twins. Yeah, these twins, and after they've Realize that they're not getting anything out of Mew Mew. Um, she, she cries for long, for a while. And I like the subtitles were like, 
Oh, Longy, I miss you. Yeah. Well, the, some more weird shit as uh, one of the brothers puts on some dog fucking ears, sniffs <laughs> her vagina, and says, I can track this down. Yeah. And they go off. And they do track him down. Like, did that really work? Did they Apparently. actually sniff him out from the scent he left inside of a woman? Apparently, after his brother had done stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. I'm going to go with yes, because this movie's fucking weird. And so he, he tries to fight Kakihara. Kakihara's like, oh, no, there's no love in your violence. This isn't the kind of violence I like. Yeah. And then he goes to punch Kakihara one more time, and Kakihara fits this entire man's hand in his mouth and bites it off. Yeah, because uh, it turns out that those slits in his mouth uh, allow him to open his jaw up like a fucking python. Yeah, and not having a tongue in there helps. Yep, he's got more space now. Yeah. And then we randomly see the little kid playing with Kakihara's tongue on the rooftop, and he feeds it to a bird. Yeah. Like, out of nowhere, it's a random scene. My my note here is in capital. I have no idea what is happening. It's bizarre. And I don't think we ever get back to that. Nope. I mean, it shows up eventually and, and takes the tongue from him. Some bird takes the tongue from him eventually. <laughs> Hold on. It's a chain of events, because the bird takes the tongue and then flies away, and it shits on Karen's car. And because right. Karen's distracted by the shit on her windshield, she hits Ichi. Right. So uh, I guess it happened for a reason. Yeah. And so she comes out, and she's like, Oh, Ichi, do, do you remember me? I, I'm Tachibana. You know, I tried to prevent you from being bullied, and those guys raped me. And she's like, It was the worst experience of my life. I wanted to die. I fell into total despair. And all I want now is just to be humiliated and abused. And she's just getting away. And Ichi's starting to get into this. She's like, I wanted Amanda to cut me up and hurt me. She starts going down on Ichi. Yeah. And she's just talking about, just describing violent, you know, torture. Yeah. And then she swallows. I mean, we get her just a very visible gulp with a sound effect. And then Ichi's like, okay, now I'm going to cut you up into pieces. And she's like, yeah. whoa, 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 no, 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 this is a, an act. I'm, I'm not that girl. Oh, no, no, you're just you're just saying no, because that really means yes. Right, because again, Ichi is completely fucking unhinged. Yeah, and he cuts her, her foot off, and then cuts her throat. And the blood spills everywhere, and it's the same as an anime, when blood yep. sprays. Because yep. blood does not spray like this. Right. And it makes the sound effect of, like, turning on a faucet kind of just pshhh, which, again, blood does not make that sound. Again, it's it's intentional, I think, to capture that manga vibe. It is. You know, I don't mind it, because yeah. it also does pull you out of the scene a bit. Right. Because you could make this movie completely straight, and it would be horrific, like, completely yeah. horrific, like, unwatchably horrific. Yeah. So they, back to Kakihara torturing Log. And Long's like, you're an idiot. Ichi is not going to torture you. He, he's just going to kill you. Like, you, you want Ichi to torture you to give you the best torture ever, but that's not what Ichi does. And, oh, is it the two cop? one of the, the two corrupt cops that goes and s notices Gigi? Yeah. And chases down Gigi. Because they're all no, like... Well, no, the old, what was the old guy? What was that, uh, the other, what was his name? Shit. Not, well, Kaneko sees him. Yeah, yeah. But it's oh not, yeah, and he, 
It's not Kaneko that confronts him. No. It's somebody else that confronts Gigi. And Gigi takes off his jumpsuit that he's been wearing this whole movie, and the dude is fucking swole. It's uh, Takayama. Takayama chases okay. him down. Yeah. Uh, turns out, super fucking swole. We got some nice, bad CGI here. Yeah, he is like anime supervillain muscles. So in the in the manga, because I was reading the synopsis of the manga, apparently Chi-Chi is not actually an old man. He's like 30, but he's had like plastic surgery to make himself look old. And he's just actually just ripped his hell from abusing steroids. Never misses leg day. Nope. Or arm day or chest day. <laughs> yeah, he is so For any day. Apparently, rip. he rips this dude's arm off. Because the other gangster comes in talking to Long and he's like, Wow. Is that possible? I just saw an arm get ripped off, like, with his bare hands. I'm going to try that on you now, Long. Well, and that's the thing, again, in the manga. One of the brothers has, like, superhuman strength as well. Yeah. So Ichi is in his ready room. (laughs) Yeah, he's got, like, a a little tiny cubicle office thing, like a closet. (laughs) Where there's a telephone and the pictures of the people he has to kill. Permission, should you choose to accept it. And Gigi calls and it's like, these are the people that were bullying you. Get your revenge. Oh, and by the way, the man who brought you ramen the other day is your long-lost older brother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just tosses that in, just this post-hypnotic thing. For, like, just to fuck with people. This is the only reason Gigi does it. That does anything. Yeah. So Gigi goes and he's killing everyone, same as ever. Here he goes killing again. And he makes it up onto the, the rooftop where they have... He's squaring off with Kakihara right when uh, Kaneko shows up. And Ichi's like, oh no, what do I do? You're my brother. Brother. He keeps asking him, why did you do it? Why you? I'm like, what? What did he do? What? <laughs> what What did Gigi tell you he did? I want to know. And, um, we don't get to know. We don't know. And he, sh- he shoots Ichi in the thigh and Ichi slits his throat and it's just now just grieving. He's just on the ground, just crying and sobbing and sobbing. And you know, Takeshi no, walked, saw this whole thing. Yes, the little kid, Takeshi, saw his dad die. So he goes up and just starts kicking Ichi. Kicking the shit out of Ichi. <laughs> well, Ichi's just rolling on the ground, just, My brother! Ah! Just crying. <laughs> and at this point, Kakahara has his, uh, Andrew... Andrew the Great, or Alexander the Great moment, where he's like, you know, Alexander's like, and he gazed out, knowing that there were no more, and wept because there were no more worlds to conquer. Kakahara wept because he knows there is nobody good enough to abuse him. So he tries to abuse himself, and he shoves the needle into his head, and he's like, this is great! It hallucinates Ichi doing stuff to him. Yeah, he hallucinates a big fight with Ichi where he falls off the roof, but then it's we find the out that... He just fell off the roof. She's still yeah, he, up there crying. He just killed himself. He killed because himself. Because he knew there was nobody left for him. And um, years later, apparently, Gigi is hanging from a tree. Yep. And presumably an adult Takeshi looks back like he got his revenge. <laughs> Unfortunately, we never get Takeshi's revenge as a movie. But well, that's what's implied here. That's the only revenge he needed to get. Right. Yeah, it's not much of a movie. I found GG and I hung his ass from the park. I want to know what he did to to, to Ichi. He just kept kicking him till he died. I imagine the police showed up and Ichi's in prison or uh, 
mental institution. Still crying. But this movie is interesting. It is something. Uh, just for frame of reference, uh, I should probably, if I can find it, bring up how the end of the manga because it's worse. It's the manga is actually grimmer than the movie. Where are you? What does he tack on other post-hypnotic possessions? So no, this is the last. This is the. I'll just read the synopsis of the last. Uh, the last book. There were ten issues issued. Kakahara and Ichi fight, so we're at the rooftop here. Ichi cuts Kakahara's penis in half, and he feels dis- dangerous pain for the first time, causing him to flee. Kakahara jumps and grabs on the railing of an adjacent apartment, falling to death when a pigeon defecates on his severed fingers, causing him to slip. Oh. A masochistic girl calls Ichi again. This is Karen, who we don't have a name for yet. Wanting to meet him at the hotel, she's revealed as Karen in bed with the old geezer, Gigi. Old Geezer tells Ichi to open the last envelope, which contains a picture of Karen, and tells her to kill him to kill her. Ichi pretends this is my favorite. Ichi proceeds to kill her and ejaculates on her face. Oh! Three years later, the old Geezer is shown speaking on the phone, describing how Ichi's ability as a killing machine came from the right mix of imagination and reality, but he became useless from staying in Shinjuku because it provided an outlet for his imagination, effectively curing his insanity. However, he says he has a new potential killing machine in Takeshi, Kaneko's son. The receiver of the call is revealed to be the lady from a paid television service, and her co-worker describes him as a regular caller who is an old man with Alzheimer's. Meanwhile, Ichi, now known as his real name, uh, Shiro Ichi, and barely recognizable in his appearance and sane demeanor, sees Takeshi covered in blood and weird, building a knife. When questioned, Takeshi answers him coldly and flees. Shiro Ishii kicks a can of frustration, hitting and accuse the boss. The series ends on his crying face as he about to be punched by the boss. Oh. Yeah, we have so, a better... The movie's better ending. The movie is actually a less grim, happier movie. So, somehow. We only have two orgasms in this movie. <laughs> the one at the beginning and the one that uh, Karen swallows. But it is one hell of a movie. So, I, I was about... I was starting... At a certain point, I'm like, this is kind of like a David Lynch movie, right? Like, It does have that feel. It's a lot of bizarre, like, dreamlike imagery. Well, like, the thing that really put it over the edge for me was the dude in the dog ears sniffing someone's vagina and going, I'm like, okay, now we're just in a David Lynch movie. It's fine. Yeah. And he's uh, expressed his admiration, admiration for David Lynch before he's mentioned. He said, so, it's like, okay. Yeah, Takashi mean, Miki loves David Lynch, although his favorite movie is Starship Troopers. And Verhoeven, which, uh, <laughs> topical. Yeah. He's back to fucking showgirls. God damn it. Anyway, uh, but yeah, no, he's definitely got that surrealist David Lynch vibe to it. And I, I appreciated that, as you might imagine. Yeah, it does have an interesting vibe. Um, I was at first just like, totally like, oh no, all of this rape, I can't take it. This is overload on the rape. Until it kind of, it's the motif of the movie. Like, it makes sense that, yeah, rape is bad. And this movie doesn't try to, to make it at no. funny or anything. But it's just how evil Gigi is, is that he uses just the idea of a rape. A rape that never happened to manipulate this poor dude. You feel bad for Ichi. Who now has a rape-murder fetish. He can't get off without killing people while yeah. they're being raped, usually. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. 
Um, really it, helps establish. There are no heroes in this movie. No. It's very unique. I'll see. I'll give it that. Yeah. I mean, I like it. It's not something I really want to watch again. But it's it's not it's good. It, I mean, it, and it's filmed well. Like, I mean, I will take this over the five p.m. donut chop coffee. Yeah, no, for sure. It's um, and it's definitely Mikey knows how to direct a movie. Oh, he's he got does. visual flair. He's got good ideas, pace. I mean, the script writing is good. Whoever wrote the script, uh, if he wrote it or somebody else, it was good. I mean, but, the movie is good, but it's also really, really dark. And Mickey is just directed all over the place with uh, as, genres. As we'll see shortly. As we'll see shortly. Yeah, like he also did a what was it the the kids show of the Great Yokai War and Ninja Kids. And he, he's uh, Robert Rodriguez, basically. <laughs> yeah, he also did Visitor Q, which I had thought about doing, but I don't want to sit through that movie again. Audition. Audition is really good. I know. I've heard it's good. I haven't seen it. We might That's do audition that, sometime. I heard actually. I think I saw it on a list of movies that was is really hard to find. No, no, no. There was an audition. No, Auditions. because it's on Tubi. If yeah, you want to watch it, it's on Tubi. Yeah, I was thinking of something. Yeah, it's on Tubi. Um, Tubi was going all out in the Super Bowl ads too. I'm sure you didn't watch the Super. Bowl. I did not watch the Super Bowl. But I you watched, did watch one. You did watch one, and I said you. Yeah, and I did watch the halftime show just because this, I was curious. It was pretty good. Yeah. And this is not our normal topic of discussion, but I liked it. I mean, nothing will ever top Katy Perry's halftime show. That was a good show. Princess is still my favorite. Motherfucker played Purple Rain in the goddamn rain. <sighs> Katy Perry had them sharks. The sharks were cool. I actually thought, and she she gave all her, gave it all for her performance, and I liked last year's too with uh, Snoop and Dre and Eminem. But speaking of 5 p.m. donut shop coffee. Yes. Um. For the cost of 5 p.m. Donut Chop Coffee, you can begin with a subscriber. 99 cents a month gives you our bonus episodes. And our bonus episode this week is Ace Attorney. 2012, directed by Takashi Mike. Yes, something that would be the t- totally different from Ichi yeah. the Killer. The polar opposite. Yes, a fun video game adaptation. So <laughs> if you want to hear our episode on that, you know, become a subscriber. Uh, you could... Subscribe to us on Anchor.fm or through Spotify or Apple iTunes, I believe, also has a subscribe option. And you can follow us on Twitter and whatnot. I don't have the thing open, so you'll find us. <laughs> uh, that's our episode. Good night. Where's <laughs> Kitan?